Greg. Hey, man. Hey, what's up? Not too much. How do I sound here? Um, good, good. See, you know, even when you just responded right there. You heard um, it. Yeah, I heard that. I don't, maybe it's just feedback, you know, from the mic to the, the, to like my earphone or like, you know, the reverberation of sound. I think that's probably what's going on, but at least that's good to know that it's capturing it and not having it sound like what I hear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of worried yesterday because if it was, um, if that whole thing was for not from yesterday, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would have been disastrous. Frustrating. Yeah. But I, I feel like this, I just have a feeling like this one's going to be our practice version. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I feel a little bit under the gun. Um, cause I gotta, once we're done, I gotta get ready to, so let's just, let's just do our best and go into it. Do you and, feel mainly um, like this is a practice run because you feel like rushed? If you feel rushed, we don't have to do it, man. Um, I feel like I feel like kind of rushed, and then um, I don't know. I I feel like um, I, I don't know. Like the the a couple things. Like I, I just I think I need just to talk it out one time on a pot the podcast to feel like I'm ready for the real. I deal. see. I see. Okay. Um, so, but I mean, if it turns out good, no, no, let's, fine, let's but, do that, um, dude. Let's let, let's just practice it. One, don't put pressure on yourself to make it like great. Like we're, we're just, this is practice mode. If it turns, if it turns yeah. out very good, we can keep it. Right. Yeah. So it's a, but I feel like, I feel like I just want to do it now just to do it and to um, be able to review it and critique it and then make the next one okay. better. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, maybe what you can do is after we get done recording this sometime tonight, if you have time, just send out both of those separate ones, like the first one we recorded and then this one, that way we can just listen to both on our own. And then on Sunday we can talk more about it or like just, you know, um, uh, that plus like preparing to record the nutrition one, you know, and then if, you know, we need to, we can re-record this one and then record the nutrition one too. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, you don't um, have much time. I still like, I and I, I, I like, I gotta like shower and do all that. Yeah, stuff Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what do you want to record that first and, uh, part? Like, you know, just you say the welcome to our first episode. That one. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. And then um, we, we, um, you know that. You should also mention, um, where was our first, I'm trying to bring up the first page. (sighs) Oh yeah. Okay. And then, you know, just, you'll say your name, I'll wait and I'll say my name. And then you can just say, we're both board certified love summons and doctors. And, uh, yeah, the other thing is, uh, if, if I, if if it starts getting close to the time when I got to go, <laughs> I'll just tell you, like, maybe we can just pause yeah, it for now. And I got to I got to go because um, like um, part of this thing is I because I'm um, I get like early entrance 
to the to the conference but if i go late then i'm not gonna get a good seat oh so, hey dude um, if you don't want to we don't have to record right now man it's, it's fine um you know maybe what we could do is um instead of doing the whole thing we can just do part of it uh i mean like, it's or you think that'll lose their flow You know, I feel like if you feel like under the gun and you're like not feeling it right now, we sh- should just not do it, you know? And I'm totally fine with that cuz you have you're you're at a conference. So if you need to prepare to get ready and stuff, I'm we we can just postpone for Sunday. All right. Does that sound fine? I'll, yeah. I'll, do what I, I'll do whatever you want to do, dude. If you want to just record a little bit, we can do that. You you should actually just, why don't we record that welcome to our first episode thing? And then, yeah. Okay, let's yeah. do that. Welcome to our very first podcast of the Oh Health Yeah pod. Oh, shit, that's I did okay. that again. <laughs> I got to say episode. Welcome to our first episode. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to our very first episode of the Oh Health Yeah podcast. We are your podcast hosts, Dr. Greg. And Dr. Jonar. And we're both medical doctors who are board certified in lifestyle medicine. Good. All right. All right. And and then let, let's just do like... Whatever you want to do. Let's if you want to do, do like, like a couple questions, we can do that. Whatever you... Let's just, let's just do a couple questions. Okay. I'll just start. Let's let's, let's start just, it out how we would normally start it out, right? Um, and, and we yeah. can capture anything that actually sounds really good. So, oh, okay, here we and yeah. and let let's just do it until like about twelve fifteen, and okay. then then I gotta I gotta go okay. after that. Yep. How's that? Sounds good. All right, here we go. Welcome to our second episode of the Oh Health Yeah podcast. We are your co-hosts, Doctor Jonar. And Dr. Greg. And we are both doctors board certified in lifestyle medicine. Last time we talked about our origin stories and what brought us together, which was lifestyle medicine. So during this episode, we want to go into more detail on what lifestyle medicine is and why it is important to all of us. So uh, Dr. Greg, can you tell us what, what really is lifestyle medicine? What is it, if you can define it for us? So, yeah, what I'm going to go by is the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and this is their definition. So they say that lifestyle medicine is the use of evidence-based lifestyle therapeutic approaches, such as plant-predominant dietary lifestyle, regular physical activity, adequate sleep, stress management, avoiding the use of risky substances, and pursuing other non-drug modalities to treat reverse and prevent chronic disease. Wow, that is and that's kind of a mouthful. Um, how would you how would you is, in your own words kind of describe what what is lifestyle medicine if you had to define it in your own words? So if I had to define it in my own words, a big a couple of big key words would be it's evidence-based. Mm-hmm. Another key phrase would be there's six pillars. Mm-hmm. So again, the six pillars are going to be your your diet, mm-hmm. your exercise, your sleep, stress management, 
avoiding use of risky substances, and basically uh, love and connection. So those would be the ways that I I look at lifestyle. When you say love and connection, what do you mean by that? So it's basically as humans, we're meant to be social creatures and um, just having a uh, like a focus on a tribe and being connected with other humans that really helps us thrive as humans. We're not meant to be on our own and um, in a solitary confinement, <laughs> if you will. Um, you know, we're, we're meant to, we're meant to be social. So like so, social connectedness, and, right? Social connectedness, being, social being connected to others. Yeah. Right? And, and then right. let me ask you too, you said this definition comes from the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. What are these colleges you're talking about for, you know, our listeners that, that aren't in the medical community? So there's a lot of different areas of specialty in medicine and each one of those areas has their own, what we call a college. So for example, initially I became board certified in lifestyle family medicine, medicine right? Uh, and yeah. family medicine. And, um, there's an American college of family medicine, which is a, basically it's like a society that, um, that they try to come up with best practices and they, um, they're basically like the, it's kind of like a governing body for a specific specialty, right? Yeah, that's a governing body and they come up with uh, recommendations and best practices and conferences and um, usually they have their own publications. It's, it's, it's a large organization. And, and similarly, like with internal medicine, which was my specialty um, before I did lifestyle medicine, we have our own college and we have our own board, which is the American board of internal medicine that I'm board certified in. Um, And so, you know, similarly, like what Dr. Greg was saying, we have our own, you know, set of best practices and recommendations. um, And, you know, we go through certification um, to to basically be up to par on what that evidence based medicine means for that specific specialty. So American College of Lifestyle Medicine is no different. And um, just to give you a little bit of background, they were um, first initiated in 2004 dr greg correct me if i'm wrong on that um no yeah that's so correct. it's been yeah, around just... for like 15 plus years this is will be its 16th year and the american board of lifestyle medicine started back in 2016 so three plus years ago isn't that right right yeah just just recently people could get board certified in lifestyle medicine which is a it's a really big accomplishment because um the tenets of lifestyle medicine have been around for a long time, but it's it's really starting to to be more recognized as its own specialty. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, um, what kind of things did you learn about lifestyle medicine principles when you were in medical school or when you were doing your internal medicine residency? Yeah, so that that's a good question. I you know, when I was going, and I guess specifically, like, what about a nutrition? What did you learn about uh, nutrition when you were in med school or residency? Yeah, so I went to Georgetown for medical school, and we had, I think, one 
class on nutrition, which comprised of like just a handful of, of lectures on um, healthier eating. But that was it. After that, you know, we didn't really talk much about it. It wasn't really a point of focus. Um, you know, other lifestyle medicine pillars, um, as Dr. Greg discussed, um, stress reduction, uh, for example, that was actually focused on in um, this newly developed at the time um, group called Mind Body Medicine. And it was started during my second year of medical school. Um, and, you know, some of the some of the principles of stress reduction, like using mindfulness, meditation, um, uh, biofeedback, there's these things that we learned about in that group that, um, you know, it was focused on in during that specific time period. But, you know, like I mentioned, like a part of like official coursework, there was nothing outside of that nutrition class that I took. And then in residency training, um, you know, there was very little, if any, focus on, um, you know, lifestyle habits and healthy living. And when you were in med school, um, do you remember some of the things they talked about in nutrition? Because what, what I remember when, when I had my nutrition courses in med school, they really focused a lot on these severe deficiencies, like something called scurvy, which is a vitamin C deficiency, or something called pellagra, which is a niacin or B3 deficiency, which we don't really see much anymore. Um, I've never seen a case of either of those. I mean, it was, do you remember some of the things that yeah, you were taught? Yeah, we, in your, we were your also taught a lot of that stuff. It was outside of the nutrition course, but um, in, in our nutrition coursework, you know, we, we learned about like, macro and mic micronutrients. We also learned about um, uh, the indices for, um, you know, carb intake. Um, but like outside of that, it was, it, I would say it was pretty general. Um, they, you know, they talked a little bit about the DASH diet, which is a diet targeted for people who have high blood pressure or hypertension. Um, but, you know, right. apart from that, there wasn't there wasn't much else stated. Now, I, I'm not going to say that the, these these things like healthy eating and, and exercise were never mentioned. They were mentioned. They were just never the point of focus. Right. We'd tell our right. patients and like utilize therapeutic lifestyle changes. But that's so general and generic. Like what what does that mean? Like patients, people need like better direction. And I feel like those were kind of just blanket statements thrown together to like tell the patient, but really from like a practical day-to-day -day standpoint, how does, how does, how does that translate? What would they do? What does healthy eating even mean? So like getting to the nitty gritty, I think like that was completely glossed over. Right. And something interesting that I, a couple of things I was reading was um, the, actually the basic structure of medical education was put in place all the way back in, 1920. So that's like about 100 years ago. And back then, they didn't really see these lifestyle related chronic diseases, because, you know, a lot of these fast food companies and processed foods weren't around. So it wasn't a major public health focus. And, you know, that that could be why we're learning a lot about, you know, still about these nutrition deficiencies. But, you know, most of the problems that we're seeing now is actually the opposite people that are having 
uh, calorie surplus and obesity. And um, another interesting statistic that I saw was that, that on average, U.S. medical schools offer only about uh, 19 to 20 hours of nutrition education across all four years of medical school. Um, this was according to the 2010 report in academic medicine. So, um, you know, we are learning some about nutrition and, you know, some of these concepts might be a bit uh, outdated, I would say, is the best word I can think to to describe it. Yeah. And um, what do you think yeah, about I, that? You know, I think that um, there is now a little bit more of a push within um, medical education to get um, training doctors on these, you know, healthy lifestyle changes. Uh, you know, I know that there's um, two specific medical schools that come to my mind, um, one in the Carolinas and then another one in Michigan, where th they're really pushing um, students to learn, learn about these, these lifestyle medicine principles early on, um, which is great, which is great right. to see. But I would say that, like, in general, compared to the, the rest of med medical school training, um, it's, it's not a point of focus in Georgetown that, you know, the med school I went to, even, uh, your med school you went to, I don't think, you know, we're the exception. I think we're a part of the rule. Right. And you do bring up a good point that there has, there is some change going on. And I, I've been out of medical school for over 15 years now, so it's, it's been a while. So, um, but, uh, you know, a lot of our doctors that are in practice, you know, they graduated around the same time or or before me. So I think there's still a lot of this this uh, thinking about nutrition, and there are new new um, new thoughts about nutrition and um, and more education happening in certain medical schools. Um, you know, even some medical schools have a kitchen where they're cooking and learning how to cook healthy meals so they can teach their patients. So, so there is some, some progress being made, uh, but um, there's still some deficits as well. Right. Right. So, I mean, I guess moving on with, uh, you know, what is lifestyle medicine? How is it positioned in the context of other specialties? Meaning how is it different from other specialties such as, the 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 over umbrella or the overarching um field of complementary and alternative medicine so stuff like integrative or functional medicine and how is lifestyle medicine different from conventional medicine yeah so i mean just as we kind of talked about what lifestyle medicine is it's evidence-based it's really focusing on these six pillars of lifestyle and it's focusing on treating, preventing, and reversing chronic disease. Now, complementary and alternative medicine, um, it's a bit different because it's practices that are not part of standard medical care. So standard medical care is the medicine that's practiced by doctors such as medical doctors or doctors of osteopathic medicine and other allied health uh, professions such as physical therapists, psychologists, registered nursing, all that is considered standard medical care. 
So complementary and alternative medicine, it's a term for medical products and practices that are not part of the standard medical care. And specifically complementary medicine, it's trying to treat alongside standard medical treatments. So an example would be like if someone was on chemotherapy and they had nausea, they might get acupuncture along with the chemotherapy to help with their nausea. But alternative medicine, it's used instead of standard medical care. So complementary medicine is trying to complement standard medical care and alternative medicine is used instead of standard. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great way of distinguishing them. Like I like to think of it as complementary is with conventional medicine versus alternative is in place of conventional medicine. So whichever way you want to think of it, that's, that's kind of the approach that we see with, with those, um, you know, with those specific fields. So there, you know, there's, there's two types that, that are often mentioned, which is integrative medicine and functional medicine. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, Yeah, so functional medicine, it's basically a lot of it, and I'm not an expert in these areas. And and neither am I, by the uh, way. By any means. Neither am I. So let's just put that out there. But but functional medicine, it it does look at uh, doing lab works, uh, looking at uh, nutrition deficiencies and there's a lot of um, supplementation either vitamin supplementation or other types of supplementation that uh, people are deficient in so they're basically looking for deficiencies and trying to replace those deficiencies yeah and from like from like a um you know, a approach standpoint, it, the focus is more on like biochemical function and phys- physiological function. And so, you know, just like Dr. Guy was saying, in the context of that, they try to look for any deficiencies that could be present to try to repair and help, you know, help treat those things. But, you know, some of the, um, some of the testing that they do, um, it, th- those aren't very well proven or generally accepted as evidence-based medicine from like a functional medicine standpoint. That's why some of it is still somewhat controversial in the medical community. Right. Um, and, and then integrative medicine, it's, I almost kind of look at it as uh, it's, it's just blending standard medical care along with, complementary and alternative medicine, but it tries to do it in an evidence-based fashion. Um, how, yeah. Is that yeah. how you would define yeah. it as well? Most or? definitely. I, I think out of all these specialties, this is probably the closest that uh, you, you could possibly come to being somewhat similar to lifestyle medicine in the sense that the approach is addressing the whole person's needs. So, you know, physical, social, emotional, mental environmental, even like spiritual, um, through the combination of conventional and complementary alternative medicine, like Dr. Greg just said. Um, and they, they really try to do that. Uh, they try to focus on evidence-based methods, but, you know, some of the stuff that they do practice, which alternative medicine would be one of those things, it may or may not be evidence-based. So that, I think that's, that's one of the um, kind of 
controversial points as well about integrative medicine. And uh, Dr. Jonar, I know you've, you're obviously a big proponent of lifestyle medicine. I, 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 I am. How, <laughs> and, and why is that? So what, what what does it mean to you personally? Like, what's your personal connection with lifestyle? Yeah, medicine? so I th- I think before like, I get into that, I just wanted to briefly mention why I think, uh, or the differences between lifestyle medicine and conventional medicine, which would fall into the reason you know why why I think it's important. So with conventional medicine, which is the medicine that you typically see here practiced in the United States, um, you know the the focus is on treating the acute illness, whatever that might mean. And, and so the disease treatment is the primary focus. Um, and at the same time too, like in the context of like physicians treating a patient, f- physicians are usually the, the driver of the outcome, right? And so oftentimes we kind of get into this mode of the patient's kind of this passive um, you know, passenger in this vehicle of their own health. Um, and so, it, you know, they're just kind of following what the doctors tell them to do. Um, they're not. Re- so they're kind of a victim. Yeah, in a victim. Way. And I they're mean... really not required to make like, you know, significant changes, you know, just take this medication and uh, do this procedure. Well, maybe I should say they have a, a victim mentality. Victim mentality. Yeah, like they're not. Right. Empowered. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then getting back to the physician side, we're mainly responsible for, for the care and the outcome and the, pas- the, the patients just like passively receiving these, these medicines and these services. So, and I, this is what I see on a daily basis when I, I practice as a hospitalist in, in the hospital, taking care of very sick patients. Um, you know, we recommend medications and um, procedures, you know, possibly surgeries and this is nothing to take away from that part of medicine. I don't think that will ever go away because acute illnesses will always pop up. Um, but I think the the reason why I personally love lifestyle medicine is the attitude and the paradigm shifts, meaning the physician is no longer the driver of the outcome. It's the patient. And so in, in doing that too... And do you think that's, that's kind of refreshing? being a doctor as well like because i'm sure you know working in the hospital i can imagine that you see these patients that that they're on medications prescribed by the doctor but then they're doing things in their lifestyle that are in a way negating the medications that they're on so is that is that pretty satisfying to see lifestyle medicine in practice when a patient is not only taking the medications that they're prescribed, but actually working to improve their health. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very satisfying, you know, and I I think that, you know, just going back briefly about the differences between lifestyle medicine and conventional medicine, the, the focus, you know, is trying to get to the root cause of the problem, which oftentimes these, these acute illnesses arise from chronic conditions and those chronic conditions come from, you know, lifestyle choices. So eating a standard American diet, um, you know, not getting enough exercise, not sleeping enough, like all these things contribute to our overall health. And so, so right. in, in the context of what Dr. Greg just mentioned too, you know, you're, you have patients sometimes that come in and, and they're, they're 
practicing these very unhealthy lifestyle habits while still taking these medications. Like, for example, some diabetics that I see that, you know, they're coming in again because of a foot infection and possible amputation of a, a toe. And, you know, part of the reason is they might be taking their medications, but they're, they're still eating a, a ton of, uh, you know, carbohydrates and sugars and eating meats. And like all of these things contribute to poor blood sugar control. And, and so, yeah. And it's almost hard, like even as a doctor prescribing medications, a lot of times my feeling is the lifestyle is more powerful. If someone has a really poor lifestyle, you know, all the medicines and treatments in the world, just, it, it can't, it can't, break the barrier of that unhealthy lifestyle. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so, you know, the, the primary focus is really getting to the underlying root cause um, in, in lifestyle medicine. And, and that would be lifestyle habits and your choices and changing those habits. So, um, you know, I think that's what's really interesting and compelling to me for, for this, you know, relatively new field. And, as I mentioned before, patients are, are the drivers of the outcome. They're, they're the owners of their health. And empowering patients to make those changes, it, you know, it's, it's just, it's super powerful. Like, so for example, there is this one brought up diabetes because there was this one patient that I had seen in the hospital. It was my second time seeing him. And this was for a second amputation of his toe. And he he was devastated and, you know, crying, saying like he is now willing to do anything in his power to change, change this so that, you know, this type of thing won't happen again. So, you know, I introduced these concepts to him about, you know, it's, it's likely what you're, what you're eating, your nutrition. And so in, in that hospitalization alone, I was able to, you know, have him understand these powerful um, lifestyle habits having an effect on his diabetes and his overall health. And he committed to trying, trying, a, you know, a vegan diet. So a plant-based diet in the hospital. So I'm, I'm actually very fortunate to work at a hospital that offers these, these different diets for patients. And so we started his diet in-house and he, um, his blood sugar was miraculously improved just on diet alone. We even had to drop down his his uh, insulin dosing because he he required insulin uh, for his blood sugar control. We had to drop it down dramatically just because of diet changes alone. And he even noticed this because, you know, I would show him his, his blood work results and he was just, he was in shock at, at how, how much of a change and how quickly a change it can happen just by a simple but powerful change of, of diet. Right. And so, this is what I'm talking about. This is what really gets me motivated because patients get motivated by this. It's something that they want to do rather than have to do. And, and, you know, when you say like a simple change in diet, I mean, that could, for some people, you know, if they were eating um, more of a standard American diet to completely go vegan, you know, for some people that might be really hard. Yeah. So um, I, I, I yeah, let me just qualify. When I say simple, what I mean by is, you know, it doesn't take much in the way of, you, you know, you don't, you don't have to, um, you know, 
pay for a lot of different things and like, you know, join this specific like group, have like a membership. No, like literally all you have to do is just go to your local supermarket, pick up some healthy food, like, you know, vegetables and fruits, grains, and eat that stuff instead of what you were previously eating. So that's what I mean by right. simple. I, and I know that it's and, very and, difficult to and, do for, for, for many people, right? But even like a simple change, I mean, just to eat a few more vegetables a day or, um, you know, cut out, let's say, like soda or fried foods. I mean, would that still have some benefits or is it just an extreme yeah. diet change, <laughs> like a complete yeah, 360 yeah, yeah. or 180? No, yeah, yeah. I, so just to give you a little background on myself, I... I tend to be a pretty extreme person. I can do stuff, uh, you know, quickly uh, and tra- transform like my previous way of doing things. But that's just me. I know not everyone's like that. And and so to answer your question, not everyone needs to just, you know, drop their previous diet and start eating plant-based. Now, you can gradually do it. And there are added benefits the more you shift away from you know, eating animal products, eating meats, um, you know, consuming dairy to more of a whole food plant-based diet. And the more, the more changes you can make towards that, that ultimate goal, the, you know, healthier, um, you know, benefits you'll, you'll start to see in your own body. Right. Um, and you know, I guess one thing as far as lifestyle medicine and healthy habits, um, you know, it's, it can be pretty affordable because medications can be very expensive. And, you know, I think both of us have seen people getting off medications by their changes in their diet, you know, whether it be for chronic diseases like diabetes, like we mentioned, or high blood pressure, uh, heart disease, high cholesterol, you know, that it can, it can really decrease the, the health savings for the individual and for our society. Right. Right. Uh, Greg, I think it's yeah. 10 or 12, 20. So don't you have to go? Yeah, I should probably, uh, start. What did ready. you think overall? Pretty good, right? Yeah, no, I think, um, just looking at where we were from the first episode until now, we've made a lot of improvements and, you know, by the time we get to our 50th episode or 20th episode or a hundredth episode, or, you know, we're just going to keep getting better each time. So I, th- I think that, that it's getting better and better. Um, you know, do you want to call each other doctor or should we just call each other by our first name? That that's, yeah, um, I, I think we just got to be consistent. Yeah, I know. I kept on doing that. I, I don't know why I was doing that, but it just felt natural to call you Dr. Greg. I don't know why. But yeah, we, I can, I can. Yeah, maybe we're getting used to it now because before it was like real unnatural, and now it's like it is like a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think whatever, whatever we're, whatever we're doing, like you know, a lot of the things that seemed unnatural or uncomfortable with the podcast, you know, the more we do it, it's just getting natural. more and yeah, more comfortable. Exactly. So, so I'm okay with calling you Doctor Greg, um, but we can call each other by first name too. I'm fine with that. So I guess we just need to decide. Um, so yeah. I mean, let's, why don't you, you can get ready to go do your thing. If you can somehow publish okay. this stuff tonight, if you have time, 
That way we can listen to it okay. and see if, like, you know, this stuff we can keep versus re-record. And I'm fine re-recording, too. Um, but I think, like, we yeah. did pretty well. Uh, I don't know. If yeah, you, I think we did, too. I, I thought it was, like, um, very, again, like, felt very natural, like, good progression of questions. We answered the questions well. I, I think that if we do keep it, we still need to answer this question about what does lifestyle mean to us personally. I just wanted to, you know, part of, you know, I wanted to talk more about the conventional versus lifestyle medicine. So yeah. um, that's why I didn't answer that question like right away. So. Um, yeah. So um, I, you know, even when I'm in the conference, you know, I might try to, um, if I can try to send it out. Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll definitely try to send it out. Today. Dude. Also too, I get it, man. Conferences are draining. So if you don't have time to do it today, that's fine. I just, you know, I would prefer if we can get it sometime within the next day or so, just so you and I can listen to it individually. Yeah. And especially if we are planning right. on, um, you know, record, re-recording this or recording the last part of this and recording the nutrition all on Sunday, it's kind of a lot, you know? So, so, um, and, you know, also too, I don't have the whole day off, like I'm working on Sunday. So yeah, oh, yeah. Are. So, so I would only be are you working in the no, clinic no, or I'm, you were doing no, the no, night? I'm working during the day. I'm back on days starting Saturday. So, so, so oh, in yeah, the in the hospital. So I, I might oh. have time in the afternoon, but my, my shift. I didn't realize. Yeah. My, I thought you were taking a couple weeks. I off. did. Yeah. So I started like two weeks ago. So my, oh. my, my days off started like back in mid January. So I, my last day okay. was like, um, when was that? The fifteenth, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Went yeah, by it fast. totally went by fast. My God. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'd be willing to record after I get off of work, um, uh, or even like while at work, like in the afternoon. Um, but you know, it, okay. it could be. It depends on how you know busy the census is, and if there's like a lot of ED admissions. So I think the earliest I could record would be like around five ish. Five-ish, oh, sorry. Five is um, my time. So if you're still in Nashville or like on, on Central or Eastern time, that would be like seven or eight year time. Okay. Yeah. That'd be okay. fine. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So oh, what were you going to say? Yeah, we can just uh, keep in touch um, uh, via WhatsApp or Messenger and, and uh, f- figure okay. it out. Okay. Sounds good, man. But, uh, yeah, I'll try to send those out to you, um, yeah, hopefully within the next, like, 12 to 24 hours. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, hey, listen, enjoy and, your uh, conference, okay? We'll, we'll chat. We'll chat. All we'll right. Ch- thanks, we'll man. Chat soon. Meet more people. <laughs> All, All right. right. We'll All do. Right, All right. All right. Thanks. All right. 